God, there's a couple pugs in here. <laughs> One of them's dying. <laughs> no, no, they just the sound like that. They <laughs> just sound. They do. <coughs> like that's why people like them. It's an endearing quality that they have that their faces be smoosh. Oh, and I then they like. Per- <laughs> I thought you meant that they're always on the brink of death. <laughs> that too. I guess maybe that's it. Very endearing. <laughs> it's very endearing. 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 Very endearing. <laughs> endearing being on well, the brink of death. You're just so endearing. You're just so endearing. Welcome to Everyday Lies, a show about the dumbest, most terrible things people actually believe in, from folk logic and superstition to deeply held beliefs, creeds, and codes, from politics to mass marketing, popular grifts, cons, and comforts. How many lies do you live by? Quite a few. Many? Yeah, yeah probably. Same, samesies. Um, in this episode, Chris and I are stuck in quarantine, talking a lot of shit about the new developments in the stimulus package, and when $1.5 trillion stock market injection. I think you, you've you been talking a lot of shit. I've just been kind of staring off like with a very blank stare. That's true. Because not, not looking not, somewhere not in the distance. Talk- yeah. I hope it's the future where it's nice. Not what you're ta- not that you're talking about this stuff. It's just that you're talking about it. And then I'm just I'm like, oh, my God. I'm giving him an outer body experience. Not in a good way. Not in a good way. Uh, we also examine the positive environmental aspects of humans just chilling. Humans be chilling, Chris. And that's actually good. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in quarantine right now, or if you're just staying at home, not doing anything, uh, you're doing the best work. You know, it's, it's <laughs> funny though, cause like, I think people are chilling physically, you know, by staying at home, most people, but like definitely not like, yeah, no, everyone's anxiety like, is heightened. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, part of why I'd want to do this episode so we can chill. There's, there's been some good developments as well as bad ones. Uh, there, we've been waiting for Yang's IBU and Bernie Bernie Sanders' healthcare in college, and we've been told it's not feasible, not possible, not fair, or ever going to happen. And then, bam, it's a real option. Uh, so it's causing many people to ask, what's unaffordable? Or what was unaffordable? What is unaffordable? What could a banana cost, Michael? Where $10? does money come from? Well, yeah. What is money? What is the concept of money? It used to be shiny rocks we mined from the ground. What is it now? I heard storks dropped it into your chimney. Oh, yeah. I heard that's where monies came from. And in the northern cultures, a a fat white man in a red coat drops it down a chimney. He's everyone's favorite guy. Mm -hmm. It's Bernie Sanders. It's it's Bernie Sanders. (laughs) In a sleigh. In a sleigh. And also, like, he ate many cookies. Eat all the cookies. This is the time. I feel like this is the time, especially, to eat all the cookies. Mm. My guest today is all-around spooky nerd Chris Weber, producer of this show, 
as well as Under the Pendulum podcast. Thank you for having me. I, I, you're my only guest because no one should leave the house. Oh, we're, yeah, it's yeah. True. Yep, yep. We're in C2 together. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, definitely check out Chris's podcast, Under the Pendulum. Yeah, we just, uh, me and my two sisters, we deep dive into anything scary and like horrifying and creepy. You know, we do a lot of history and, and just talk about the very gruesome things that um, kind of roam through our world. Yeah, as uh, sisters, Heather Thomas, Katie Weber. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, you can find them at Under the Pendulum Podcast on Instagram, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Or, or I think it's uh, Under Pendulum Podcast. There's a skull with a book in the logo. That's how you know you're, you've got the right one. I know. I really need to get Katie doing the social media because I'm just really bad. Like, I, you know, I'm like doing doing all the research and writing the script and, you know, like kind of trying to do all stuff. And so it's just like social media. I'm just like... Uh, yeah, really it's like, tedious. Uh, I guess I gotta post something. Anyway, yeah. you can find us on social media though. Um, if you just look for Under the Pendulum, and um, I'll kind of find get more plugs for you guys. Awesome. Yeah, um, you can find Everyday Laws on Instagram and someday other places in the internets. Should it not become a fascist state in the time that we're sitting here in mm-hmm. the coronavirus? Sure. Coronavirus. What's up? Um, so yeah, I've actually had a lot of plague on the brain, thinking about the plague a lot. You know, it's just plague yeah. on the brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what's mostly mm-hmm. been on my mind. <laughs> I mean, how can you not? Right? Like if you're a, I would say, bona fide history nerd. Oh, I mean, I have a degree. You have it. That's what I mean. That's... A piece of paper says I'm adequate. <laughs> it was an expensive piece of paper. Let it have yeah, a little merit. It was, and yeah. also, like, you worked for that shit. Mm-hmm. When we first started oh, yeah. this, uh, you were, like, nose to the grind. And by grind, I mean book every day. Mm-hmm. At, like, 6 a.m. to 8 at night. So Yeah, well, a lot of people think, like, an English degree is, like, oh, there's, you know, it's just, like, you talk about books and you make shit up. And it's, like, do you know how many books I have to read in a semester? <laughs> It's like a lot to the point where it's not fun anymore. I kind of just it's more work, but it's still enjoy. You know, obviously it's always yeah. enjoyable to read, but it's not like ah, sit down, read a book, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, not leisurely reading, which I found, you know, trying to write a podcast. It's all really interesting, but at a certain point, it becomes work and not really like I do this shit because I love conspiracies and. You know, yeah, that I mean, kind well, of thing. yeah, I love everything that I run into and read, but you know, it's definitely a different context when you use it for something. You know, like you actually take it just out of the realm of oh, I just read something and now it's kind of in my, you know, in my repertoire of so can books. I, can I ask you something? Yes. Do you check sources? Most of the time, yeah. Like if I find a book, um, I try to see like. Who 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 wrote it? And then I also look at reviews too because there's a lot of like sometimes we have professors or other people who put reviews on you know um, in certain for certain books and so you can just kind of like gauge how things are. But oh, I, I always look up the person though. Like, are they uh, you know are they a historian? Are they a professor? Are they a doctor? You know, like what what credentials do they have and what they're presenting? You know. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I really do. Yeah, I, for um, sure. I mean, and sometimes you can pull stuff from people who are just fun, you know. Yeah. But it's it, even then, I'm I'm hesitant sometimes, you know. But if it's like fun, I'll definitely put it in. But <laughs> always have that little ex, uh, disclaimer that it's you know it's it's not somebody who 
has that kind of, you know, like is a professor or, or an actual right, historian right, right. or something. Yeah, somebody who actually like has worked with tangible historical things. Oh, yeah. I think background is super important for relating all kinds of information. Yeah, you know, yeah me see too. See where people are coming from. That's... Well, yeah, you have to the differing stuff. I mean, because even somebody who has a that's different view—that's my field, view, man. That's anthropology. Yeah, it's like at least if they're accredited and they have a different view than you, it's you know, it's not like somebody's like, well, I clean carpets during the day, but uh, here's what I fucking think about, you know, this or that. Just, yeah. yeah, not to downplay the working class or anything, but you, oh, when no. you want science, <laughs> you want a scientist. I clean bathrooms um, for my. Yeah. Part, another part-time job I have, so... Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. As you gain your expertise, it's yeah. always good to have the, the humble rooted. For sure, yeah. And not and just because somebody has a degree doesn't mean but they're I think, right, but... Yeah. But I think we all know that guy who wants to talk a lot who don't know shit. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. Like, I... <laughs> fucking Billy Bob's got the got the key to the universe. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> fucking philosopher Billy Bob, you know? <laughs> Philosopher Billy Bob. We don't mean Billy Bob Thornton, yeah. a notable <laughs> philosopher in modern times. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to bring some of the stuff that I do on my show. Um, these are probably actually going to have anything to do with what you're talking about today. Actually, and I don't know what you're talking about today, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I didn't you, like we didn't read. I didn't read what you had. I just trusted mm-hmm. for some facts, and you didn't read what I had. And basically, uh, we're bridging the gap here because we're in a time of quarantine where the best thing you could do is sit at home and do nothing if you possibly can. And for a lot of people, that's not possible. We're really hoping that that changes soon and that peop- like no one has to go into stupid amounts of debt for our government to deal with, with this crisis. Um but in the meantime, we just want to keep you entertained. And I don't think this is the apocalypse, neither does Chris. Um, I don't really think this is the death of anything but unchecked capitalism. So drink up, bitches. What's <laughs> up? Um, well, So the plague is just to be fun. It's interesting. Yeah, Remind you to stay indoors, maybe. Stay the fuck inside. Well, yeah, I mean, That's like, all we're saying. Since we're, since we're kind of in this, like, you know, almost pam- pandemic um, you know, obviously everybody thinks about the plague is it's the most famous thing. So I just thought it'd be fun just to kind of like share some, a couple facts with you. And then I guess we'll kind of throughout, I'll just kind of give you guys one example in history, uh, mostly in the Western world. Um, and then I'll read a primary source account of like kind of what was going on, like what this eyewitness account saw basically. So it's like a primary source, really fun, kind of cool. It's kind of what we do on the show. We really like to pull from people, contemporaries of like an event or of whoever we're talking about. So yeah, we'll, so we'll kind of just do that. Yeah. So uh, do you want to explain really quick to re- to listeners uh, what a primary source is? Because they're ver- they're extremely important, and you should know what a primary source is. And it's not like this is just be things we should talk about all the time. For sure. So. Yeah. So a primary source is you know it's basically anything that was written um, during. An event, like it, uh, someone who is actually observer of something. So let's say, for instance, um, Cicero could be, con- he was really famous for his oratory skills. Mm-hmm. So, but he wrote about some events uh, that happened during with like Caesar and stuff because he was around then. So it, it's, that's basically what a primary source is. It's a source that comes from the actual events. And then you have secondary source, which is like somebody who wrote about it after the fact, you know, or then, you know, 
Something Thank like that. you. Yeah. That was a wonderful <laughs> explanation. It's important to get those first, you know, first point of view, even anecdotal types, because especially in, you know, anthropology, archaeology and all these things, they've, they've been used throughout history to say some shit that wasn't real based on modern thinking. So always try to find a primary source what? to look at and evaluate situations from. Yeah. And, they, and they're sometimes not factual all no. the time but but it's it's i, I always just think there it's cool because it's f- like somebody who was around during the whatever we're talking about and so that's why i love primary sources like right or wrong or you know fabricated or apt you know very truthful this brutally. was the thinking this was the yeah, the thinking yeah. on the ground and i just like yeah, in the yeah. street yeah i mean like ancient you know older older writings and it just they're so fascinating yeah and it's it's really fascinating yeah. to compare what was at, like fact and what people thought was happening. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what we do here, right? So yeah, I guess I'll just kind of uh, I'll start with just some kind of overview, some facts about it. I kind of made just a bullet bulletin point thing, so I'll just kind of read these and it'll just kind of give an overview and also, you know, just kind of give some cool facts about the bubonic plague, which is, I mean, again, it is like the thing that scares people the most. You know, yeah. when we talk about like worldwide. Yeah, actually, I've been following a a, a few trends on social media, and one of them is your apocalypse outfit. And they all have a lot to do with the plague. And there's a lot of people with the the plague doctor masks and hats, like doing the steampunk plague doctor thing. I guess I'll talk talk about that kind of towards the end as a little blurb, but um, it's the effect that the plague had on art in particular, all, Mm. all facets of art. Which includes fashion. Include that yeah, includes no, your no, apocalypse ab- absolutely, outfit. Absolutely, yeah. that's what he's saying. So anyway, okay. Well, I guess we'll just I'll just kind of <laughs> blow through some of these real quick then. Yeah, yeah. Give us your <clears throat> give us your best, Doctor Doctor Weber. I need to be sitting by a fire and, and Brahms is playing in the background. We, we've got our our steins, <laughs> but they're like carved out of wood and look like skulls. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So the bubonic plague, also known as the Great Mortality. The Big Death and the Black Death swept through Western Europe during the mid-14th century. It would, however, crop up every 15 to 20 years afterwards, but it would never have the same devastating numbers of deaths as the initial one in 1300s. Oh, it kept, like it kept cropping up over, over decades? Yeah, like isolated um, instances and stuff would just happen. Oh, and like, I mean, I guess that makes sense, but damn, you don't hear about that. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, well, here, I'll keep on going. <laughs> So, you know, sorry. No, no, no. You're, you're, totally, no, I was going to answer your question, but uh, here I'll get to it in a sec. So, um, you know, but we, of course, know that it killed around one third of the population of Europe. And, you know, some put that number even a little higher than that. Uh, but population levels would kind of remain relatively low because it kept cropping up here and there. And it wouldn't be until the Industrial Revolution uh, that you would see that huge uh, spike upwards in population, you know, as medicine and cleanliness and things like that get a little more prominent and get a little more out there uh yeah note to the anti-vaxxers please (laughs) so uh bubonic comes from the latin bubos or swelling um it was not always apparent in all the affected um in all the infected about the swelling but most of the time parts of them internally would swell and sometimes burst Uh, it generally is a painful swelling of the lymph nodes um glands in the armpits necks or groin um, and they were often accompanied by high fevers, headaches, bleeding below the skin, vomiting, delirium, and a loss of motor skills. Also, uh, diarrhea. The fun word means terrible things. <laughs> pretty, Damn. Yeah, it's pretty awful. 
Um, you know, the last major outbreak of the bubonic plague in a, in a pretty big scale Should was in named this... it something scarier. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Black bubonic. Death. Bubonic. No, dude, Black Death is fucking sweet. I mean, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. But bubonic. Yeah, the bubonics. Bubonic. Um, but yeah, the, the last major outbreak of the plague was in the 1700s. Uh, the, but the casualties were still not as high. You know, Not due... counting present day uh, prairie dog populations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but the progress of medicine obviously kept the that outbreak in the 1700s from getting uh, way out of hand. So the earliest known plague epidemic of the bubonic plague was in the 6th century in Constantinople, which I'll actually get to that story a little later. So another form of the plague, which is uh, septicemic, uh, is basically an infection of the blood, and it was generally 100% fatal, often within hours. Another form is the pneumonic plague, which affects the lungs and can be transmitted from human to human pretty easily. Uh, And that was also generally about 100% fatal within about two to three days. Oh, crazy. Yeah, I had, I have sepsis, bleh. I had sepsis as a child. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, I wasn't like, no one expected, you're, you're just not supposed to survive that shit. A blood infection yeah. is so serious. And that's, uh, that that's just kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. go on. So, I mean, the, the common theory was that the plague came from the Mongols in trading with the Europeans. Um, you know, around the 1300s, it was, I think Genghis had died or Genghis had died already. And, uh, you know, after a little while, the Mongol Empire would start to kind of fracture and fall apart, basically. I mean, they got hit with the plague early and it wiped out a lot of people. Um, But they were they were trading with Europeans. And so that's kind of how they think it might have spread. So it's thought that this ship came in to Kaffa and there were rats uh, who had fleas on the ships. And so, you know, the fleas got on the rats that had the plague. The rats got on the ship and then the ship sailed to Sicily uh, to trade with the Europeans. There are probably different avenues where the plague happened, but that was kind of the what people thought for the longest time was it came from these fleas. I remember that. Did, mm. Didn't they also uh, at first think that somehow cats were involved? Yeah, actually, I'll, to... I'll get to that. Yeah? yeah? Okay, awesome. <laughs> so, you know, it's thought that these bacteria just transferred from one host to another from these fleas. Um, but the time, But the thinking at the time was that it was all a punishment from God. Um, and this went along with another explanation that... It's one di- I haven't heard yet for this one. Well, yeah, it's like, no, they also thought the disease was spread through these ecological disasters because um, there were a series of like earthquakes and volcanic eruptions and they were opening up uh, the earth and it was like the release of, they thought, like these toxic gases and things and then they were carried by the plague, by the winds, basically. The plague was carried away by the winds through these miasmas that opened up um, through these ecological disasters. Oh my god! Yeah, it's fucking crazy, right? <laughs> so it's kind of cool. <laughs> so, Stay at home, people. That's all we're saying. Stay at home. Yeah. Well, and then they also thought that you know, at the time of these ecological disasters, then you had a mass migration of people and rodents and animals, uh, which brought the disease with them. So these are just some of the kind of the explanations and theories at the time. Uh, another idea was that black cats um, were responsible. Oh, meow. You know, as they were often seen as personifications of the devil, um, yeah, they were seen as a cause which led to the killing of many cats, and which led, of course, to the increase of rats because you're killing all the fucking cats. That's <laughs> terrible. That's, I know. Yeah. So another explanation that was put forward um, was by the Pope, and he was writing <laughs> to a to the faculty of the meta, of medicine in Paris, and um, 
he basically was saying that it was an astrological cause. Um, oh my God! <laughs> it was of these planets being in in a certain alignment, and it influenced the Earth. And you know, the idea was that these three specific planets had a negative effect on each other, which influenced the Earth, which uh, then caused the you know. The Pope said that. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because to think that like in modern times, uh, astrology is thought to be like more like way more wiki like Wiccan-y. Well, I mean, you know, this was and like and shit. Yeah, I mean, this was like you know the 14th century. So, yeah, it's. I I would have thought it would have been more back then. But anyway, uh, that's wow. Like I bet. Oh my god, I bet those the the medical personnel in Paris were just like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" Sure, yeah. I mean, and then of course the Jews are blamed. um, Of course, (laughs) being you know, and they were like, "They poisoned the wells," and the church. You know, they always spoke out against anti-Semitism, trying to like temper you know, rages, but they, it, it just didn't do anything. They did try that fucking hard. No, you <laughs> give, give racists a rope. They want to be a cowboy. Well, and the shitty thing is that the Jews were still dying from the plague as well, but, you know, they were generally cleaner and lived kind of apart, you know, just kind of as those, those, you know, Jewish tenants, you know, it's like a little, but, more, yeah, a little more emphasis on cleanliness. Some of their own ideals and yeah, stuff. About but they what... still weren't exempt. They were still dying too. Yeah. You know, it just kind of like fucking add insult to injury, you know? <laughs> Yeah, a thing not generally talked about is how dirty Europeans used to be, and it's one of oh, the things yeah. that actually protected Europeans from a lot of different diseases yeah, that sure. ravaged other yeah, groups. Yeah, yeah. Just being fucking dirty. <laughs> so when you think you're better, just remember the reason you live is because your ancestors was dirty. That's right. We're anti-Nazi here. This <laughs> got show. this. Got that K mark. Was a circle K feet. <laughs> Circle K feet. Nazis is the only reason you're here. So the plague also struck the Islamic world as well, but they did not support the idea of uh, a contagion, which gives, you know, it gives the plague agency beyond the will of God if you say it's not something that God brought on. Because, you know, if you got the plague, it's because God wanted you to die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so from 1315 to 1322, there was the Great Famine in Europe. Um, you know, they suffered a lot of crop failures, which was brought upon from this. Uh, you had this little ice age that occurred. It got cold. Yeah, yeah. This this little ice age occurs, and you know, so things get a lot colder. You know, longer winters and shorter summers, and then that contributes to this famine. You know, so people are already kind of starving, and then you have the plague hit, and so mortality rates go through the roof because you already have these weakened populations from the famine that yeah. was just like just happened. So it's. It's really crazy, but that but the plague kind of puts an end to serfdom after a little while, you know. A, you have because you have a, well because you, know, you know now you have a diminished. I'm sorry, but do you see the correlation? Here? Yeah, it's funny. Well, you know, because it's like now you have a diminished labor force, um, you know, and that opens up for workers to have more opportunities to leverage because they're the only fucking workers, and then oh it also God. frees up a lot of real estate. So can we just can we just pause for a second and like everyone at home, I want you to just like close your eyes and think for a good minute on how we've done all this shit before so many times. My God. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, you're totally fine. Um, you know, and of course the church was affected as well. You know, when priests died, it was because they were sinful. <laughs> and sometimes they would turn down doing a priest would turn down doing last rites so that they would not contract, you know, would not get the disease, and that just kind of gave them a little bit of a black eye because it just is like, wow, you're, you know, yeah, to the people, you know. I mean, uh, lords I or aristocrats that. would leave and take their families to be isolated, and then they would sometimes take a priest with them. So if the huh. priest, yeah, so hmm. if the priest left and went with this like rich family, it really reflected badly on 
the, the on that church in the community. Yeah. Keep you an know? eye on your rich clergyman right now. We'll talk more about <coughs> that later. <coughs> Sorry, I'm a little sick. <clears throat> it's just the regular flu, so I'm totally fine. Got tested. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but also, you know, it was how did you do well in the community? You know, like what was something that showed like a strong, uh, you know, sense of duty and faith, you know, a willingness to handle corpses, um, would be one. And it could also be profitable, profitable, um, if you survived. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, and God, to show you how weird it was with the priest and this would all lead up to the fucking reformation. Uh, but priests would enlist lay people, just regular people, you know, and sometimes just women off the street to give last sacraments to the dying, which didn't not look good on the priests, you know. So, I mean, it's it's after things that happen with the church and the plague and stuff really kind of lead to this um, religious and spiritual revolution that we see in with the Reformation. Mm-hmm. Hint, hint, yeah. wink, wink, nudge, nudge, America. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, and burials, which, you know, generally we would have a priest um, present if you were, you know, lucky enough. You know, but after a while, they just became mass graves and piles of bodies. I mean, there was just nothing to do. Um, in the Again, church- stay inside. <laughs> we're not trying to scare you. But stay, in, stay the fuck inside. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, but people of the church are dying off as well. It's, it's, just, it's just absolute, like, what seems like the apocalypse, I'm sure. You know, um, the effects of the plague. What, what is that here? Dunkin' Donuts is closed? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I mean, like, the plague has so many implications of what happens in the future. I mean, like, it, the plague becomes really influential in the arts. Um, you know, people become obsessed with death, as we see in the Victorian era. Um, things like the Grim Reaper, Dance Macabre, uh, the Tresse tombs, which are basically just like these tombs that have these effigies on top of them uh, that depict a person in their lifetime. It just, you you know, you have like literature, like the Decameron, uh, we have the image of the plague doctors. It just, it does all these things, not only in the future and progress of human uh, civilization, but also in like our art. Oh yeah. So there's that, what I have there. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yes. Und- undoubtedly, uh, we see similarities here and we'll probably see our own societies change in modern times. Uh, yeah, I in think, kind of the same ways. Sure, yeah. Scenarios, I think we're watching like a, definitely a pivotal moment happen. It just kind of also is like depends on what happens next. You know, I mean. Yeah, yeah. And anybody at home right now who uh, never got into politics before, this is this is definitely the time to read up on what's going on. There's there's going to be a lot of changes, and it's good to know what we're changing from and why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, um, there's going to be a lot of underhanded things that are going to be tried you know so we just still need to be diligent in looking Mm -hmm. beyond the coronavirus (laughs) like at what's actually happening you know and not not being goaded into just concentrating on the virus speaking of uh underhanded things oh and i'm sorry i did and i did not mean to bogart the show from you um no no not at all but i hope everybody thought that was you know interesting it's just kind of overview facts and you know and then i guess i'll just kind of share some stories um, intermittently through the show. Yeah, episode. Chris is here to share us with plague facts so we know a few things. Why we should stay indoors. It, has, it probably has nothing to do as with As bad as it probably <laughs> could be and how, like, it's probably just not going to be that bad. So as long as we all act calmly, probably more calmly than our government at this point. Sure. I we mean, all act know. calmly, wash our hands, cover our coughs, wear a mask, be cleanly. We'll probably be okay. Honestly, like to me, like any kind of epidemic pandemic, even small is like serious. You know, it's it, like For you sure. should always be serious 
Because there's always you know. people affected. Like lives will be lost. So it's serious. Yeah, it may not be your grandmother, but it it's, it might be somebody else's. Yeah, you know, or, or or newborn or like yeah, exactly. there was. I I read also of a like a 21 year old soccer coach in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, dying from it. So mm-hmm. I I would not so much think anymore that it's just something for the weak or the old. Yeah, just, or something you know, like there that. There are plenty just of young like people. Everybody, who don't, don't have, be a vector. Yeah, there's plenty of people who don't have great immune systems. You know, yeah. like maybe I have a little bit of a you know, compromised or, or a weaker immune system than normal. and Yeah, and there's you know. so many other uh, factors like asthma, have you had bronchitis, mm-hmm. like all of these things yeah. seem to contribute to a rapid, like, downfall when sure. you get sick. So, yeah, yeah. you know, there, there's a lot of factors at play here. And to be honest, most of us aren't qualified to think about them, so we just do what the scientists say. <laughs> like, if we would have started doing what the scientists say a long time ago, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. Anyway, that's going to be a whole show, probably a whole series, possibly a, a, a novella and uh, a movie series, like a length of which like Marvel has not even done. Well, you better put superheroes in it then. Um. I could probably work with that. Don't. I'm super viral, don't. man. God, don't do that. No, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so, anyway, what so is this episode about? So speaking of what, <laughs> I said what this episode is about. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. What is unaffordable and the tricky shit going uh, on that's currently? Right. What is unaffordable? So, as you alluded to earlier, uh, shady underhandedness <laughs> comes up in, at, at the end of all of this. Anytime there's uh, people to be taken advantage of, should know that there will be shady underhandedness. Mm-hmm. We'd all like to believe the best in people, uh, but you know some people just can't be believed in. Just go with that. So reading the news and kind of trying to figure out what's like what our government's gonna do. I I did a bit of reading about the 1.5 trillion dollar uh, Fed injection to the stock market, and at first it was like what the f-? like it made me angry. Like why? Like we we haven't done anything this drastic for le- for the working class people in a really long time. But all of a sudden, it's just like, just bam, snap of a finger. We're gonna do this. So I wanted to know what was going on, cause I I assumed media hype. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it makes the average American pretty angry to think that we can just give these goddamn ridiculous amounts of money to people who can't even do their jobs right, and. I, I well, like most of us are stuck here being the best minimum wage employee money can buy. <laughs> at second glance, uh, and looking at how, why, and and whatnot, I'm still mad. Uh, <laughs> I really expected to read up and feel better about this, and you know, understand why. I don't know why I felt this way in in hindsight but i i expected to like be to find an explanation that made sense and i just didn't so you want to hear the toasty tidbits yeah yeah lay them on me all right so basically the fed gave out all of these super low interest loans to be paid back asap they share they share assets between themselves and the regional banks at a low cost and this is a way to stabilize uh, during an uncertainty like like we're experiencing now and this keeps the ball rolling, as it were. So here, they send all this aid that pisses off everyone, but critics of the critics say that it's not taxpayer money, and it's not a bailout, and it's not a miracle. It's just a loan. It's just a loan. 
I'm just a little alone. And it sounds to me way more like pawning something uh, than it does uh, like just taking out a small low interest loan. They're, they're, anyway, so that's beside the point, what I think. Uh, but AOC, that's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a, a representative from New York, has asked why the working class can't get super low interest loans like this. Um, she, she's considering student loans, which I think probably a majority of us would like to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, faux shows. Faux shows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm not an expert, but this is the gist of what I could find understandable. Uh, we can get low interest education loans. And I think, you know, several of us have federal student loans. And we get those at low, more low interest rates than private ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're still not, I think it was like 1% when I was looking at what the Fed asked the banks to pay back, like what they're, they're super, oh, there's 1%. Yeah, yeah. So it's just basically like, well, I act- think my lowest one is like 3.5. Fuck you. Well, actually, so there's this funny thing that is just reminding me of this that um, Roman. Senators would oh, do. Oh God! Okay. This is never a good correlation, America. So, no, but, I want you to know that. But but it kind of is like the same thing. Okay, so if a Roman, you know, like a senator or you know, a consular that we had, um, like client kingdoms. So you know, it's always trying to exact like tax out of your clients, your client kingdoms, right? Put into squeeze. Yeah. So not only would they have the tax that you owed to Rome, but sometimes they would make these like contracts for like wealthy other wealthy you know aristocratic romans to buy up and so it's like you become like kind of the one that the client king comes to or like who pays all the taxes to so basically these contracts are like you can go and get the just get our tax money and whatever extra money you can squeeze from your client kingdom you can keep so you had all these wealthy romans um competing to get these contracts because like they could end up making a lot of money. You can't see my face right now, but it's very long. <laughs> you look like you sucked on eleven. But anyway, yeah, but it's this idea that you know, it's a, so it's like Roman states, like okay, so we need this amount amount from this client kingdom. So you, as a wealthy Roman aristocrat who is going to exact um, taxes from them for us, um, you can make however much more you want by charging them however much you want, just as long as we get what we. Ask for back. So I'm going to let you all let your minds wander and think about that <laughs> because I'm sure you can say correlations in your everyday life and now you're screaming into a pillow. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but anyway, no, but that's like just such fucking bullshit. Like, because, like, you know, we're actually talking about like American citizens. It's the same thing. The government's just like basically, oh, yeah, so you can have this contract and just as long as we get our portion, you can take as much as you want from them and we're not even going to bat and eye basically my god it gets worse later in this story i hope you're all uh sharpening your machetes at home right now (laughs) i also recommend maybe large butcher knives but only of quality steel that's right Um, those ginsu knives cut the tomatoes (laughs) cut the tomato can and maybe also fascism we'll see are your your knives sharp enough to cut through fascism (laughs) we shall see nope if you got them from walmart Ironically, probably not. It's not ironically. Coincidentally, you know what I'm trying to say. Anyway, so why can't we get low interest loans from the Fed in the same way that big banks can? 
So it's been uh, it's been kind of tossed around a little bit, and it was made after 2008, after that whole financial crisis, that the Fed could loan us to loan to us for for some other things. Um, and while that's still pretty, as far as I can tell, it's a pretty it's pretty still debated as to how appropriate that is. And I, again, I'm not a financial expert and that's probably like a whole episode in itself. Is that to do like uh, individual? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, God, imagine the logistics. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> Jesus, sure there's a yeah. lot there to unpack and we're not yeah. going to go into that. It, in it's this like one episode. of those things is a lot of facets to it. It's not like just a kind of cut and dry, yeah. you know, thing. Yeah. Um, so Liz Warren, announced as a part of her plan to combat the coronavirus that the Fed actually agreed to do this and be prepared to to go forward with this. So why don't we get the same deals is the real question, right? Um, as far as I can as far as I can see, it's because we're high risk and the banks are low risk in our economy. I mean, is, is that really? I, I know, <laughs> right. In our economy. I'd say that's pretty fucking high risk. <laughs> I, I would also say so, too. And as you get more into it, it seems to be just like one of those uh, conservative coveralls for yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so, sure. Yeah, because it's like, what the fuck, how high risk are... I mean, like... I mean, after like, so I, I, many... I know you're talking about high risky risk. Risky decisions. Well, I, and I know that... How much high risk are they compared to us? Well, and I know an individual can be high risk, but Jesus, like, what the monetary losses, you know, like, possible loss for, like, Joe Schmo, like you and me, you know? It's like, that's... Ugh, it's just not really that high risk, you know? Like, it's not compared to the... You know, like, like with the banks in, in the 2008. Really want to say that shit wasn't high risk, you know? That, that costs... No, I absolutely so agree. Got much of money. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Like these are they are behaving irrationally in high risk scenarios, uh, but somehow, and you'll see why. This is a highlight of wealth in America. Uh, they're still considered more low risk than we are, and that's because it's pretty much a given that individuals will have little to no wealth, while all these big banks, all these conglomerates, they will have. Oh, so it's not you know, that this, you're an, an enormous amount of so money. <laughs> it's not that you're high risk. It's just that you don't fucking matter. Yeah, uh, and it comes down to it ain't the fair. Fed. Yeah, it ain't fair. The Fed ain't gonna do shit, <laughs> I and don't this has know to come what, through legislation. But it ain't fair. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't tell you. So something smells fishy, and you're like, I don't. I can't put my finger on why, but I strongly feel that this is wrong. <laughs> I'm sure there are people out there who have a little more understanding of, of the mechanisms yeah. that run those. That, yeah. you know, like very, the very complex mechanisms are like, oh, well. Maybe I should just make pillows to scream into part of my merch for the show. That's a pretty great, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, like how about like soundproof pillows? You know, like you, just like soundproof. You can hit us on Instagram with your ideas. Free, and I'll, I'll send you a free pillow. I don't give a fuck uh, if we use one of your ideas uh, for our pillows to scream into. <laughs> all, all upcycled, recycled. You know, we're environmentally friendly here at the oh, show. That's really good. We're DIY as fuck. Right now, we're sitting in a pillow fort made of blankets. We call our yeah. studio. Yep, it is the plate. Mm-hmm. This is the, the, the modern day version yeah. of the, the drop ceiling light and the typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> that's the modern day anyway so as i said before uh the fed can't help us 
really. And this, is ha- this has to come through legislation. Uh, so at the end of the day, the same boobs who got us into this mess have to figure out how to fix it. Congress! Oh, my dudes, my angelfish, my baby birds. Please pay attention to congressional elections. Politics is not just the image-driven popularity contest of the presidency. And I got to say, it's gotten way more ridiculous since since I've been alive. Like, I've probably been interested in politics since middle school. My first political endeavor was was Obama um, right out of high school. And shit is crazy these days. And it doesn't even seem to make sense what you're yelling as long as you're yelling the loudest. Sorry, I heard everything (laughs) you said, but you have not uh, regurgitated fed me yet because I am a baby bird. Feed me. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Please continue. Sorry, I just had lunch. That's good. If you actually want to go yell at your local elected officials, they're way, way more accessible than, like, the president is, obviously. Uh, Usually you can find their offices. A lot of your your most local people have to live near you to be able to run where they are. So go talk to them. Go get on the ground floor. Please wear a mask and gloves. Maybe just email them. But if you really think that we can do better on the ground, get the ball rolling. I don't want to talk to them. They're fucking nerds. <laughs> they are nerds. And God help you. The the best kind of government you can have is a government full of nerds. Yeah, that's very who true. Who understand yeah, yeah. rules Actual and bureaucracy nerds, yeah. and make it work swiftly. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I'm dead serious. Like, what you don't want is egomaniacal maniacs who are just going to swindle you. Mm-hmm. You want humble nerds who don't care anything about popularity but more like facts and and rules and numbers those are the people you want I know, because they're need, making sure dictators don't come to power there. you need some somebody with presence conveying it because like all the fucking yeah the nerds the must workers, have a leader because they'll be like well you know i just i just really think maybe yeah the nerds could, must have a leader which sanders is really, a pretty good nerd leader it's be real know, we all just together a little and you know we just we stop fighting I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. I just like rednecks. You know, just like everybody's gonna be like, "Yeah, I like what he's saying, but I want to kick his fucking ass." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I just <laughs> tangent. Yeah, I go, mean, go dear on. America, we have some shit we should work on. <laughs> just, just at the end of the day, uh, ask ourselves if whether the thing that we're doing is based in love and good fortune for all. Sure. Well. Yeah. Right. So speaking of love and good fortune for all, who do you think will get a bailout? Not me. Yeah, probably not me either. I'm quoting Bloomberg about why it's most possible about the airlines getting bailouts in comparisons with uh, average working class Americans, really. So, quote, over the past decade, major airlines, including Delta Airlines, United Airlines and Southwest, have used roughly 96 percent of their cash flow on stock buybacks. According to Bloomberg, by reducing share count, these repurchases have pushed stock prices higher in this process. So they've drawn criticism from how they've boosted shareholder returns without directly helping businesses. The activity is central to a broader discussion about how companies use their cash and whether companies should have instead 
use those proceeds to build themselves a financial cushion or address labor issues. Tim Wu, a Columbia University professor, targeted American Airlines in a recent New York Times op-ed to quote Tim Wu. It could have stored up its cash reserves for a future crisis, knowing that airlines regularly cycle through booms and busts. It might have tried to decisively settle its continuing contract disputes with pilots, flight attendants, and mechanics. So, in other words, the airlines should have saved better, but instead they boosted shareholder profits who blew all their money on iPhones, avocado toast, and dog outfits. You know, that, that $5 Don't tell coffee me what to do sure with does my rack money. up, Chris. Don't tell me what to do with my money. God, you, you know, the people who get the plague are never the people who deserve well, the plague. Know, that's all I'm saying. And that's the funny thing is, like, you know, we... We never have these contingency plans, even though we, you know, like these things are always looming on the horizon. You know, like we know epidemics, pandemics have happened in history and, have, you know, dire, like worse consequences, you know, to life. Yeah. To why is it always just like the individual well, American people being being told to prepare uh, better for the future? Well, I know. And it's like hard. Everyone just it's, should. It's hard to do because, I mean, obviously, like it's it's like, well, who knows? And then I'm just having all some money in there. It's like. Always have a fucking nest egg, you yeah. know, like always have one, like eat, like whatever you can do. But, so, uh, yeah, the individual yeah. and whatever like thing they're supposed to sit on is supposed to be in part part of the government mm-hmm. because that's the reason we pay taxes to have a government that protects us from shit, <laughs> not just sits there and goes, oh, no, I'm sorry, you can't have health care. We must make stock stock well, market work again. Yeah, so like. Well, I had read I had read the that they were going to pull money from like, you know, the disaster relief mm-hmm. thing. And I was like, "Well, okay, fine, but just throwing this out there, what if our our southern coast gets hit with a fucking horrible hurricane or, you know, like Which one, we probably will. Yeah, or the we fucking earthquake and it's like, you know, like I hope I hope things are being somewhat like cuz I haven't really checked obviously like I'm just yeah, <laughs> but I hope things are balanced enough because if like that shit happens just in the midst of this, which it totally could. I mean, fucking, I'm not gonna put it across anything to happen this year. Mm-hmm. But like, better, better have something. Better know? have a foresight, a plan. Yeah, um, it's just bugging anything. Bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of my uh, teachers, I took a climate change class at Metropolitan State University of Denver, and the teacher that I had made a point to. Make us look at all the graphs and charts and numbers and thing and try to and things and try to think about them as scientists. And one of the things he talked about was that the price, the like the overall cost of the damage of all of these hurricanes and shit like that, isn't just because that they're getting bigger and stronger. It's also because we're dumb and we keep building where we shouldn't, <laughs> and that. None of the, like, we have so many business practices and legislative practices that are designed to help business, which is fine to a certain point until we have a point like this. This is the certain point. Welcome. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and God, I wish I knew more about, you know, the complicated inner workings of this stuff, because I really don't. Don't we all? I'm pretty, like, dumb when it comes to this stuff. I I should be more (laughs) better informed. but, um, But, you know, it's just like... It's it's all these things that just never seem to be taken into consideration. It's like all the facets should be taken into consideration. And, you know, when I read about things in history, it's always that there was never a contingency plan. I mean, the earlier cases we can understand because it just, they just fucking come out of nowhere and there's no precedent sometimes. 
But, you know, like, you should be able to learn from 3,000 years of history, you know, or, no, I'm sorry, fucking, like, what, 5,000 years of history that, you know, <laughs> like, this shit happens and has if devastating you believe in the Bible, seven. Yeah, it's just, it just, it's insane to me, man. It's just, it's just crazy that, like... We just keep doing the same shit over and over again? Yeah, well, I mean, because I guess, like, for those, you know, like, the wealthy or, or you know, those in power, you know, they don't really give a shit as long as they're taken care of. Most of the time, they don't give a shit about yeah. everybody else. Yeah, one of the everyday you know? lies pointed out here is that, like, you know, we think of rich people as being smarter. You know, they they got all this money and they they kept it and they worked for it and blah, blah. And that's actually usually not the case whatsoever. That's that's well, an everyday lie that rich self, people are somehow se- smarter. Selfishness not. is not Selfishness smart, is not smart. You know? Because, like, a lot of people think that. Like, I always think about somebody in traffic who, like, like everybody's sitting there at a <laughs> yeah. light. And then the one fucking person goes over. No, 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 no. Like, goes over the median or, like, goes around people or goes on the shoulder. And I bet you they're thinking... These fucking idiots! Like I'm getting, I'm hot shit. I'm so smart right now, you know. Like, I just, oh man, and it's just, it's that kind of mentality. It's like selfishness is not intelligence. I had a guy come over a median in a minivan at me. Yeah, almost hit me, and I was just like. You're in a minivan. Yeah, and I bet you he's just like, haha, you boners, I'm getting ahead of you. <laughs> Probably. You like, he suckers, was smiling. Sitting there obeying he was laws. Smiling like a jackass. Like that's a fucking for sure. bunch of losers. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but that, I think that mentality, um, but I think that idea. Like, we'll never escape it. Well, it goes to, like, it has bigger implications sometimes when it depends on what person has that mentality. Yeah. You know? And like what what stakes are being because like with a guy in the car, there are some high stakes. He could fucking hurt or kill somebody. What you know by just making a stupid maneuver or movement. I think the same thing could apply with so just people in politics. Who they are? Yeah. Who who's who's doing it? You yeah. Know? What we're saying is we who's need behind some that wheel? Real good-hearted nerds and legislators. <laughs> yeah. To uh, find their suddenly Seymour moment sure, and yeah. and uh, get it together. Mm-hmm. So. We're going to have a plague story. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's what's next. Be the Chris going to hit us with some of those sweet, sweet plagues. So this is the Plague of Athens. So in 430 BC, a great epidemic ran through the Greek city of Athens during the second year of the Peloponnesian War, which was against Sparta and her allies, um, and then Athens and her allies. Uh, so the epidemic also popped up in other cities around the Mediterranean, and we actually have um, writings about those, like in Egypt and things like that. Um, and it hit really hard for about four years. So it's said that by the end of the epidemic, more than one-third of the population of Athens was killed. So Thucydides writes about this in his work, uh, History of the Peloponnesian War. And, you know, we still don't know exactly what the epidemic was. Um, it could have been a variety of things even. Uh, some theories are Ebola, uh, the measles, typhus, smallpox, glander, which is some old timey thing, typhoid, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and a couple other things. Like, um, we're just not really sure. You know, it's just really hard to tell. But you're going to read us a description? Yeah. So this is actually going to be from Thucydides, um, and it's about the year that the plague came. Um, so, God, I hope I don't. It's a little long, but I think it really paints a picture, which, again, we talked about how the primary sources can really take you back. And so this is kind of what he observed. Yeah, it's going to be good. I didn't read it because cool. it was supposed to be 
you know, like just coming at me fresh. Yeah. But I did peruse a lot of words like blood and violence <laughs> and yeah. hot and pale and livid. Yeah. So it, yeah, I think it's going to so, be good. And if you hear anything that sounds a little weird, sometimes it's just translation comes off weird. Um, or <laughs> I just screwed up the sentence. So just forgive me. <laughs> so anyway, this is from Thucydides. And I quote, That year then is admitted to have been otherwise unprecedentedly free from sickness. In such few cases as occurred all determined in this. As a rule, however, there was no ostensible cause, but people in good health were all of a sudden attacked by violent heats in the head and redness and inflammation in the eyes, the inward parts, such as the throat or tongue, becoming bloody and emitting an unnatural and fetid breath. These symptoms were followed by sneezing and hoarseness, after which the pain soon reached the chest and produced a hard cough. When it fixed in the stomach, it upset it, and the discharges of bile of every kind named by physicians ensued, accompanied by very great distress. In most cases also, an ineffectual retching followed, producing violent spasms, which in some cases ceased soon after and others much later. Externally, the body was not very hot to the touch, but pale in appearance, also reddish, livid, and breaking out into small pustules and ulcers. But internally, it burned so that the patient could not bear to have on him clothing or linen, even of the very lightest description, or indeed to be otherwise than stark naked. What they would have liked best would have been to throw themselves into cold water, as indeed was done by some of the neglected sick who plunged into the rain tanks in their agonies of unquenchable thirst. Though it made like no the water di- supply rain tanks? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> That's right. So though it made no difference whether they drank little or much. Besides this, the miserable feeling of not being able to rest or sleep never ceased to torment them. The body, meanwhile, did not waste away so long as the distemper was at its height, but held out to a marvel against its ravages. So that when they succumbed, as in most cases, on the seventh or eighth day to the internal inflammation, they had still some strength in them. But if they passed this stage and the disease descended further into the bowels, inducing a violent ulceration, they were accompanied by severe diarrhea. This brought on a weakness which was generally fatal. For the disorder first settled in the head, ran its course from thence through the whole body, and even where it did not prove mortal, it still left its mark on the extremities. For it settled in the privy parts, the fingers and toes, and many escaped with little loss of these, some to, uh, too with that of their eyes. Others again were seized with an entire loss of memory on their first recovery, and did not know either themselves or their friends. Holy shit. <laughs> an aggravation of the existing calamity was the influx from the country into the city, and this was especially felt by the new arrivals. As there were no houses to receive them, they had to be lodged at the hot season of the year in stifling cabins, where the mortality rate raged without restraint. The bodies of the dying men lay one upon another, and half-dead creatures reeled about the streets and gathered round all fountains of for their lo- in their longing for water. The sacred places also in which they had quartered themselves were full of corpses of persons that had died there, just as they were. For as the disaster passed all bounds, men, not knowing what was to become of them, became utterly careless of everything, whether sacred or profane. All the burial rites before in use were entirely upset, and they buried the bodies as they best could. Many from want of the proper appliances, (laughs) through so many of their friends having died already, had recourse to the most shameless sepulchres. Sometimes getting the start of those who had raised a pyre, 
They threw their own dead body onto the stranger's pyre and ignited it. Sometimes they tossed the corpse which they had, uh, which they were carrying on top of another that was burning, and so went off. Twofer, getting a twofer in there. Yep. Well, it's <laughs> God, that was grim. You think you're so not it's... having toilet paper sucks? <laughs> no shit. No pun intended. Pun intended. So. After reading that, I think we can all agree that there is no more essential personnel like our healthcare workers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, thank you all for being out there. We hope that you stay safe and that they can provide you with masks. And we, you know, would like to reiterate to everyone else: stay the fuck home. Mm-hmm. Because the only people who should be out are the people caring for the people who can't care for themselves. Be glad you're living in 2020 during this. My God, yes. Than, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, viruses are cray. Did I really just use that word? I'm sorry. They're a strange little chain of of things, and they're very hard to explain. And while we do know that they're technically alive, they don't fit our bill for what is alive. And definitely not anything that they would have understood back then, because we barely understand Captain what Picard we're looking has at that now. Problem all the time. This is a life form. It is a life form. Yeah. Is it a life form? It's a life form. <laughs> just just think 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 space alien yeah. type shit <laughs> when you think about viruses. Like there's there's no way in the past they knew what they were looking at and there's no way right now we know what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, and it's really crazy like what he's describing there. Uh, Thucydides, it's it's just absolute pandemonium and just I mean, utter destruction. In the streets, you know, I mean, just people throwing themselves everywhere, people dying in the streets, you know, just like, yeah. oh, just chaos. This I is mean, a much crazier scenario than we're experiencing. It's pretty incredible. And it's, it's, it, you know, we'll see it up until the progresses of medicine, very similar tales, you know, that which makes I guess sense. Well, I'll read a couple more. So, which um, is why you should be reading only the CDC website and <laughs> listening to scientists. Yes, yes. Yeah, because... There have always been politicians, but scientists with this much, you know, us having this scientific age of this much knowledge and yeah. also like. There's um, always been actors, yeah, medicine, politicians yeah. and clergymen wanting to put together their own scenario yeah, for this thing. Always, but the only ones telling you the facts are the scientists. Yeah, there have always been shithead politicians and stuff, but, you know, it's it's we're now in a really nice spot where we have um, a wealth of knowledge in the medical field and science. Yeah. You know. So trust it. It has been painstakingly achieved mm-hmm. through the loss of that, like millions, probably billions of lives throughout, throughout <laughs> thousands <laughs> of years. Yeah, like, like this millions, is yeah, yeah. throughout thousands of years. I'd say we've probably lost several, yeah. you know, like maybe a few billion people yeah, in the yeah. last like 40,000 years yeah, to yeah. human attempts to cure, mm-hmm. you know. Just, just speaking very generally, we just – because like even in uh, – Oh, what's the 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 Iceman? Otzi. Otzi, the Iceman. Yeah, he was found with uh, medicinal mushrooms and yeah, and fungi. Yeah, and fungi. fungi yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we've been doing this a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd also like to point out that I feel like science is often thought of as like a Western thing, but medicine, especially, we're going off of the insights from many countries over thousands of years Mm -hmm. and it's important to know that science isn't in science medicine like these things aren't you know just european or anything like that they Mm -hmm. belong to all people and have Mm -hmm. been contributed to by all people so let's not watch that like there's there's so much indigenous medicine that's come into 
into play. Mm. What do we do when we when scientists go to the rainforest? They're looking for new chemicals and and things like that. They're like the same as what our ancestors did, yeah. just different ways. So I just it makes me mad. Okay, they science were so is for fucking everyone. Stupid. That's no, <laughs> yeah, that's how it seems to go off. I'm like, no, we've all done science. We've done science forever. Science belongs to everyone. Anyway, sorry. Rant over. My rant is over. I apologize. And now, I'd maybe like to get to some better stuff. So we've read about some gruesome okay. things. Yeah, yeah. Chris, Mr. Spooky Boy over here, is always stoked about the, the gruesome stuff. But mm, I have good mm, things no, to I'm, say now. I'm happy about good stuff. Lay it on me. Okay. So are we getting a cash check from the government to make up for the coronavirus? Oh, I hope so. According to the LA Times, bitch, we might be. Mm-hmm. Andrew Yang proposed the UBI, which is the universal basic income, uh, which would replace jobs as automation takes over. And he's apparently been fielding calls about this. I can see that this if this is like an easy thing that Trump could claim credit for, that it'll actually happen. Uh, Probably just think Andrew Yang, though. What a guy. Um, And I would just like to add a personal anecdote. Uh, When he dropped out of the election, so I'm I'm one of those people. I'm I'm a glutton for punishment and disappointment, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I read comment sections. Oh. I I know, I know. It's a bad habit, and sometimes it's just it's like like that's why I have many pillows to scream into. I don't know why I do it. I don't know why. It's other people have their weird. Peer not through the keyhole, lest you be vexed. <laughs> oh God. Thank you. I think. No, it just like it's it's always that that old question: Is it better to know or not to know? Yeah, is it better no. to know or not to know? Yeah, yeah. and I do <laughs> study anthropology, so it seems like you know gauging everyone's thoughts and feelings and reactions on things is important. Yeah, uh, no matter how gross it is in in the su- cesspool sewage pit that is a Facebook comment section. But anyway, which is why this is so poignant, though, really, is because usually those are really disgusting. But when Andrew Yang dropped out of the election and I went through the comment section on on all kinds of new sites posting to Facebook looking at this, the comments were nice. They were full of hope. I liked, they I really loved Yang, him. Yeah. And it was people people on both sides, people who left being Republicans or Democrats or whatever and just really got on board with the not left, not right, forward kind of thing yeah. which which is you know super which is super understandable yeah i you know i really liked him i yeah i just think yeah i just think the youth might have well i mean it was some of his platform too i mean like it turned off a lot of older yeah generation. who but, feel who strongly feel like you have to work for things yeah i i really liked him though i mean like i i had hoped he would have stood a better chance yeah you know, i i obviously it wasn't it just wasn't gonna happen i think anybody could have seen that just because of how those things go yeah but uh yeah I, but I, man was i happy about what he brought up about what he made america think well, about yeah i mean it was like now we're kind of seeing like you know those those platforms come back around yeah you know it's like isn't it's that like Bur- freaking crazy bernie's looking like a prophet you know yeah like, <laughs> oh my god like, sanders uh, does look like a prophet kind right of now. in a way like it, it's just um yeah it's you know you never you don't think of like how important some of these discussions that we need to have or like trying to figure them out until shit gets really serious. Yeah. And then a lot, sometimes it's too late. 
You know, it's it's like why why we need to be having these conversations before things like this happen, you know, like like very serious, earnest conversations, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's honestly like a good political move to cop out of being super right or left and just being like, no, we need to fix things. Yeah, because then you don't have to like you could run as a Democrat and be like, you know, like like that Drake meme at the Democrats. (laughs) But it's just uh, I I thought it was a good move and I understand why his platform moved so far. I think we're all pretty sick of either side like this is a game like this isn't a game this is our lives Mm -hmm. and i think we're all pretty sick of playing left playing right playing whatever trying to see if someone like another party can get in we're all just so sick of this and now we're sitting here at like the time where we need to move well yeah that's kind of thing is like i've been a democrat for a while but like you know within the the last you know i guess even when I first voted, you know, I was had my like reservations about it, but now it's just like, fuck man. I kind of, it sucks because the only candidates I do like are Democrats because, you know, generally they have to be, but now, but now it's just like, ah, uh, it just, the Democratic party is just like not fucking moving their feet on shit. No. You know, it's like, there's these things. It's like, I don't care if Trump's taking, taking the credit for some of this social, you know, like possibly giving checks out, like these, like a social program. Like yeah. That. Whatever. Just like, we all know who really did it, but whatever. Fucking, yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter. Just like get that shit out. Fucking who cares who's getting the credit. And like, it's just the indecisiveness of the democratic party. Sometimes it like of, of what we, the main players of it right now, it's fucking just infuriates me. It's just like, yeah. dude, fucking stop planting your fucking feet. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. Ugh. You can't backslide at the same time. You can't backslide on what was your platform for like forever at the same time that you're trying to take your new, younger, more radical voters into the future. It's just not, you can't, no one wants Joe motherfucking Biden. No. Like, no one wants that guy. And the only people I know who are like, no, I think, I think it's a fine decision are older people. And, like, not to say any, yeah. anything about them, but if you, like, dear Democratic Party, if you really want your, you know, to, to get younger people involved in your in your political party, this is not the way to go about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not listening. It feels like that kind of parental oversight that's, like, um, do as I say, not as I do, or um, what's the other one? Um, do, do. do do this and they're like why and I'm like because i said so like, yeah that's that's not something you can do as a the, political the, the party un- the unquestioning it's annoying like, yeah. and it just makes all of the younger people want to be well because go elsewhere biden's like the safe bet right now you know it's like Ugh. but he doesn't like i just don't feel like he gives a shit about anything really it's just like i just want to be president kind of thing yeah because like, i just it's just kind of like and he won't actually make the democratic party change no no it's just yeah but that's why it's like it's just a safe it's it's like safe bet the safe bet yeah yeah so what else you got for me sorry that was me squeaking through a straw in my bloody mary that was good (laughs) okay so so we were talking about the the checks so yeah i'm i'm hoping to get monies (laughs) <laughs> because I, yeah, yeah, it's like, it's fucking tough. And I was just about to get back into like looking for a regular, you know, like, like a better job and um, like at least part time while I'm doing all the podcast stuff. And uh, yeah, now it's like kind of what to do, what to do. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's like, are they, you know, are we going to do lockdown? Aren't we? Who yeah. should plan? Am Who's gonna, hiring? Yeah. 
are our, our, our other jobs trying to do like remote, you know, um, employability where you just work from home? Like, is that feasible? Um, yeah, it's all, like, oh, it's, just, all, yeah. it's all very scary, you know? Yeah. So the Trump administration is looking at sending $1,000 checks to, I've heard, every adult American or family units. It's just like, geez, is that all you can really imagine? Anyway, anyway. I mean, it's it's, so, a, it's pretty big for sure. Like a thousand dollars a month, you know, like a free thousand bucks is definitely like. Okay. I mean, for me, it's big. You know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, I know it feels I, big. I know but, it's like but, a, I know it's a pittance, but you know. Yeah, I would <laughs> like to ask how many people in Denver whose one month of rent that actually covers. Yeah. Because no, no, that was a silent cough. From, yes, from the room. Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what crickets sound like, I guess. So we're looking at $1,000 checks for every adult American or perhaps family unit. I've um, nothing set in stone yet. We'll we'll see how this goes. Uh, And yeah, I'd like to ask how many people that actually covers. Because in Denver, we're looking at studio apartments for $1,400. Oh, easy, yeah. And I'm Mm. not saying it's all like that. But it, this amount seems random to me, and it's going to be, you know, it'd be really impactful on rural places, but just not impactful on cities, which, you know, generally goes the other way. Well, so yeah. And, I'm not I against mean, it. I think I think their reasoning is probably $1,000 seems like a baseline, you know? So Almost it's like, like a universal basic income. <laughs> right. Okay, okay. So it's like, you know, so say you do have your $1,400 studio apartment. $1,000 off is, is a pretty big, especially if you're struggling for that month. But it's not covering everything better than nothing, though. Because they, you know. No, it, no, it's it, like, Yeah, I, I'm just. Okay, uh, hear yeah. me out here. Yeah, no, no. I'm just like, I, I'm unraveling this stuff as I'm thinking about it. I'm like, you know, it's not bad, not the worst, not great. Yeah, you know, not the not bad, especially because I'm thinking like, oh man, a thousand dollars would be great, great for me, you know. But if I don't, but I don't have single like, healthy white male exactly. with no children, exactly. Yeah. And so like, I'm again not the greatest, and that'd be guest nice. To have. <laughs> nice is the word, not life changing. No, not at all. No. Not super benefit. And honestly, yeah. like you also have to understand at the same time they're trying to push for this. They're also trying to cut people off of food stamps. I just fucking yeah, I heard about that man. Yeah, yeah which I'm am on food stamps because <laughs> like I don't make a lot of money trying to do this podcast thing. Yeah, so here's um, the thing: people you pay into food stamps your entire life or forever, and this is why. So yeah. in the times in your life when you're in transition periods, or you're a student, or you're down on your luck, you can get well, the help. And that's that's, that's, that's what that's it's just for. such a fucking like that just offsets like the thousand dollar you know. Monthly, like yeah, it just makes it more like yeah, six hundred dollars instead of thousand dollars. But you're just gonna cut me off of fucking you know off of my benefits, like yeah, it's like what good is a thousand dollars a month? And then they were also talking about rolling rolling back Medicaid. So you're looking at a thousand dollars a month, and then you also have more health care to pay and all your own groceries. And if you're already on a baseline, you you're kind of screwed. So right now we've all been working. We've all been working our asses off, but everything just closed. Be- like everything that we do, like I, I work on campus, uh, I'm at school, I have political, uh, a few political jobs, and all of that is done now. 
because of the coronavirus. So obviously we're, you know, if you've had time to work on the podcast, but also we're, we're also sitting here like we can't like that won't, that's not actually helpful. Like a thousand dollars a month if I'm not working, but I also like can't have any of the other, uh, like benefits that I pay for with my tax dollars for my whole life, then what's the point? That is not actually well, helpful. It's not even a baseline. Well, again, it's like it's like well, we're gonna take away you know like your 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 food benefits, or we're gonna like lessen Medicaid, or even maybe sometimes take it away from some people. Who knows? You know, and so it's like oh, here's a thousand dollars, which only covers that month. And it's like, but now I'm off. Yeah. Okay. Like, and then yeah, you have <laughs> what about no the next month. Yeah, you have no that. other income, and my yeah. bills are still way more than a thousand dollars a yeah, month. Yeah, really. Jesus That's what Christ. it comes down yeah. to. We're all off work now, and the bills are more than a grand a month. <laughs> if you're sitting in a rural area, like, ooh, ooh, that sounds like a lot of money. Man, I envy you. <laughs> if you yeah. like have your own house and you're only worried about taxes. Or something like that. I envy you. Sure. But I think the majority of us are sitting here like, well, what now? Yeah. And we just we just keep on smiling. Just keep on yeah. smiling. It's like, at least I have that one part-time job right now, which is like, mm-hmm. it's fine. Yep. <laughs> you know. And, you know, like a one a one-time $1,000 check isn't actually going to be helpful if we're here all summer. Yeah, and then if it gets worse in the winter. Sorry, that was me knocking the table because I'm a dick at the microphone. He tries to help me, and I just keep slamming my hands on things. I just consistently (laughs) just am glaring at you. I'm just I'm just LBJ over here slanging my schlong all over all the things, and I'm so sorry, Chris. So if you hear weird noises, that's me. Blame me. Blame me, not Chris. Anyway, so if we're in a possible summer long quarantine, what what are you gonna do? Um, I guess you're gonna you know, give it up to Jesus, Chris. No, no, you're gonna give it up to Jesus. It's late Tuesday night I mean, in Louisiana. I guess Jesus does have a car. Jesus does have a car. Uh, That's true. Mm, uh, he's so dreamy. He's so dreamy. He's got a chariot. He's got a car. It go to the sky. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. Anyway, Tuesday night in Louisiana, the followers of Life Tabernacle Church of Baton Rouge did give it up to Jesus. The state banned large gatherings, more than 50 people, yet hundreds of congregants showed up for service, and the police had to respond. The pastor of the church, Tony Spell, called this a dictator law and said that they would assemble no matter what someone said. They also said that the church would be handing out anointed handkerchiefs to give to people healing virtues. Cool. What a dick. Yeah, actually, there was something in, uh, that was in India, too. I think it was Bangladesh or something, where it was like 10,000 people were getting together to pray oh, for, Lord. like, which it was, like, good intention, but it's like, oh, guys. Just live stream pray. Just live stream well, that prayer. If you're all there together in I mean, spirit. I mean, well, maybe not everybody in Bangladesh, you know, could, could do live stream, but it's just like, it's just like, you Stand know. Stand on your roof. Set a fucking time. Yeah, <laughs> set a time. Sit on your roof. Everybody, it's just like, it's like guys, I get what you're doing, but. Yeah, I feel like it's all all of these holy books say doing. wherever you are, it works. Yeah, it's yeah. like like praying to God is like Wi-Fi. It's like wherever you are, just do the thing. It's like you think you think Jesus saved the people the during the spot. plague. Like you know, it's <laughs> it's like yeah, it just yeah. Come on, man. So I come from the Bible Belt, and it makes me want to slap <clears throat> someone when this shit pops up because. The, these assholes would rather put their congregants' lives at risk than lose revenue from tithing 
or lose attention because most of them just really, really want attention. Like there's this charismatic leadership that goes along with certain religious sects. And you tend to have people who just really want attention and who are good at cultivating attention, uh, uh, becoming pastors of churches and stuff like that. And, you know, most of the time if their intentions are good, you know, that's fine. It's whatever. But this guy's intentions are obviously not good. Uh, I I can't imagine, like, if you're a good pastor, you're going to live stream that because you understand, like, wherever wherever yeah. anyone is intending, it's happening. Like, you know, you, you assert that God knows your spirit and you go about yeah. it. You don't get people together but, because the state said not to because there's a virus but, pandemic. But, That's but silly. Emily, you're not thinking that if you are a, you know, televangelist or, or you know, evangelist. No, oh, yeah, if you make your, your money your off of congregants. Where your whole platform or your whole, like, way of life is, like, healing. You know, it's like yeah. the power of God. So if you just try to live stream something, like, oh, of course you can't do that. That's but televangelists just... have been doing this for years and making bank. I get mm. it. No, I get No, this guy does not want to lose revenue from tithing. I'm just so sure that's what it is, mm. that he would put his congregants' lives at risk because stable churches don't do this. <laughs> they, they don't do this nonsense. Anyway, uh, that is my opinion uh, of, of that guy. And that, that's all I can say, really. This, yeah, anyway. So, God, this scammer. ochre is being fucking impossible. <laughs> so we've got Bloody Marys where we put some pickled okras in them, and they're this, so good. This okra just won't come up. That's what she said. Hmm? If, his, if his penis is shaped like an okra, maybe run away. I'm sorry, know. okra break. Okra break. Sorry to everybody who's going to hear us chew for a second. Will we cut this? Maybe. You stop making <laughs> dirty sounds like that on mic. There are no rules. This is the lawless wasteland of podcasting. Yeah, so a good pastor would do a live stream. That's all I'm saying. And as we continue through many episodes uh, relating many different topics, you'll see that scammers love to use religion to con naive and faithful people all the time. And that's why the Bible says to beware false prophets and rich clergymen. <laughs> so now I'd like to talk to you uh, about part two of what is unaffordable. As we discussed with the expert ladies of Colorado's climate change resistance in our first episode about the myths surrounding climate change and combating climate change is allegedly too expensive to fix. Now, the following examples I'm about to give aren't completely conclusive, but it does show maybe how just tweaking our work schedules could combat climate change. Yes, some actual good news here, people. Highly irregular. You want me Highly to irregular. do some? Yeah, fucking right. No, that's just it. You don't have to do anything. With the onset of coronavirus. You cannot tell me what I can and can't do. <laughs> Great, that's, that's where we are right now in America. That's <laughs> it's a shit show. <laughs> okay, so with, with the onset of the coronavirus or COVID-19 uh, in America, our government is fumbling this almost as badly as 9-11. Maybe worse. We'll see. Like, the, the, it's still up in the air right now. We've been following Italy. We might have a lockdown that's possible. We're not sure yet. Could be a total lockdown. Uh, but right now, businesses are refusing to close. And some people are continuing to party for spring break. Uh, this yeah. is, yeah, this is negligence. Coronavirus uh, can't give me. Uh. 
I'm going to drink so much fucking alcohol. Yep. And this, this kind of, I wonder if you're just like diet, if you are almost to the, if you could live at the point of like alcohol poisoning, but never die, I think you might be safe from coronavirus. I'm not a doctor. I I, I don't know if it's, it was somewhere in the Middle East. Maybe. It might not be true, but it was a funny headline. (laughs) It was um, that like a bunch of, people were giving themselves alcohol poisoning because they thought that like drinking alcohol would keep you from getting coronavirus it was just like some some oh room you know like probably some rural people somewhere or something you know and just like told that and so there's like a few cases of alcohol poisoning i don't know if it's true or not i read i read this headline and i was just like wow huh and then i just kind of passed by really <laughs> probably the same people try to eat those tide pods same people who smoke spice back in the day. Mm. <laughs> Just say the spice. Or now, the sp- now is worse. The probably. spice melange. The spice melange. Uh, so, uh, this kind of negligence—people still going out and in like you can go drive in your car. You can take a hike by yourself. Like you can do those yeah, kinds of things. Sick in your but just like car, don't go yeah. to concerts. Don't do the kind of thing where you're going to be in contact with a lot of people. But because you can't trust people not to be selfish morons is a way libertarianism doesn't work, I think. Uh, but also this is what's going to spread the virus and cause more chaos. Uh, and and just what for some mealy, meager mealy daily profits mealy. where everybody doesn't want to come in your store or your restaurant anyway it's some crazy you're, shit you're so, you're mealy meager you're mealy meager mealy dollars god mealy damn it digger. Ugh. so there's a few ways to deal with this we could uh do the humanity of men in black and and become dumb panicky animals or we could live it up until death takes us. Yeah, I mean, there's actually the Thucydides wrote about how people were acting during the Fitting. plague. Yeah, Fitting. Huh. take it's, it away. It's almost like we kind of planned it. <sighs> Not really though. Um, yeah, no, but, but no, no. Like it's you know he writes about kind of people just kind of going crazy too. You know, it's it's sort of this like fatalism where it's you know live every moment up to you know to its fullest because you never know especially in times of calamity and like epidemic stuff that's like you know the the tenets of fatalism become much more prominent you know because it's just sort of like i could die tomorrow who knows so (laughs) do you want me to read this okay yes 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 (laughs) and i quote from thucydides nor was that the only form of lawless extravagance which owed its origin to the plague men now coolly ventured on what they had formerly done in a corner and not just as they pleased. Seeing the rapid transitions produced by persons in prosperity suddenly dying, and those who before had nothing succeeding to their property. So they resolved to spend quickly and enjoy themselves, regarding their lives and riches as alike things of the day. Perseverance in what men called honor was popular to none. It was so uncertain whether they would be spared to attain the object, but it was settled that present enjoyment and all that contributed to it was both honorable and useful. Fear of the gods or law of man, there was none to restrain them. As for the first, they judged it to be the same whether they worshipped them or not, as they saw all alike perishing. And for the last, no one expected to live to be brought to trial for his offense. But each felt that a far severe (laughs) sentence had already been passed upon them all and hung uh, over all their heads. And before this fell, it was only reasonable to enjoy life a little. Oh my god. 
Yeah. So, I mean, but it's like, you know, while things often seem bad and we jokingly throw around the word apocalypse. Yeah, fuck it. We'll do it yeah, live. Dude, I mean, sure they're th- saying. this is not the first epidemic and not the no. first time we thought the world was going to end because no. shit around us was it's falling apart. It's a recurring apart. theme. Yeah. And it's humans. not, not going to be the last time, you know, um, but we get through them uh, better than we used to. And, you know, if we listen to our doctors and our scientists. You know, we'll be okay. You know, this 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 isn't the apocalypse. No, you that, know. no, that's climate change. Yeah, that's that's climate change. <laughs> this is this is small potatoes. This is small beans. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not small beans. I don't I don't want to like downplay the the possible serious seriousness of it. But no, we you know. we just laugh to get through hard times because we're sickos. That's who we are. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We hope you can <laughs> laugh with us. Uh, so it, it to me it makes sense that we're we're shutting down a lot of non-essential businesses. Yeah, it does just, to me too. Yeah. yeah, just just keep people at home, keep it low. Uh, definitely patronize local art artists and their work. Oh, patronize! Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And and podcasters go look at all the <coughs> virtual music. Yeah, us. yeah, uh, under the pond- pendulum podcast. <laughs> He I, just wants to say. I don't have a Patreon right now, so. But yeah, just just uh, hang out with some with some local art. Listen to local artists, podcasts, music, all the things. It's it's you got time. You need some background noise. You're gonna go crazy. This is the time. This is gonna so, be a great time for podcasters right now. Yeah, it's gonna <laughs> be a great time. It's probably be a boost in this industry because it's us or kill your family. <laughs> Or both. Or both. Or maybe both. We're not advocating for family killing. Just want to make that clear. But anyway, we are advocating for maybe the businesses shut and people listen to more podcasts. But in fact, one of our own dear elected officials, U.S. Representative Ken Buck. Ken Buck. Ken I like to uh, dot, dot, dot. Buck. Right. Okay. He can buy that jingle uh, I don't, from me. Who is he? Sorry. Okay. He's a U.S. representative from here in Colorado. Oh, Windsor okay. Republican. Oh. He believes that this country is panicked and overreacting to the coronavirus outbreak due to a lack of leadership from both major political parties. Now that I I really can't deny, but the next part here just kind of shows you where Buck's priorities are. Quote, you don't shut down restaurants for 30 days, Buck said in an interview Wednesday referring to a policy enacted in Colorado and many other states. I have no problem with stopping sporting events or other things that don't impact our civil liberties and don't impact everyday life. Those are things that I think we can suspend for a period of time. But it's just craziness to shut down businesses or parts of the economy that are absolutely necessary. Hail Mary full of football! (laughs) Sorry, God. <laughs> that was great. No, so, okay, first of all, he's like, you don't shut down restaurants, but, like, sporting events are fine. You know, the people who work, the working class who work at sporting events are then impacted, just as the working class who worked at, who work at restaurants are impacted. It, it's just, it just shows he's... What he sees, all right, when he sees what he sees when he looks at a sporting event or a bunch of rich athletes, he doesn't see anybody else who works there. Well, I think, I think he's like, a lot of people, more chance, less people, less chance. But it's like, it's still like. <laughs> sure, you, but you, we're you, talking you, about 10 no, or more. No, I now. know, that's what he's thinking in his head. It's just like, well, you know, restaurants, not a, a football team. I mean, come on, everybody. I mean, it's, it's just like, you know, in his mind, it's like, 
big groups, sure. Stop that. You know, but restaurants, yeah. come on. But it's like restaurants are- But it only are, takes one sick restaurants person. Restaurants are fucking, yeah, they could be just as, yeah. you know. It really only does take one sick person to spread it onto another person. Yeah, yeah, in, in any, you know, any way. It yeah. doesn't, you know, whether it's, yeah. So what Kenny B is trying to say is if we shut down businesses, this will hurt the economy. And interesting, what he thinks is absolutely necessary. <laughs> uh, not to be one of those- Hippie dippy motherfuckers, but this is still all shit we made up. Hey, man. It can be changed to serve the greater needs. Business is a human construct. It operates on cultural yeah. ones. Yeah, bud. Yeah, it's yeah, not. Dude. It's not a force of nature. Yeah, it's Universal all, constant. It's all constant. It's all constant. You know, okay. Just take your God mind. Damn it. It's a construct. God damn it. It's all just a construct. God damn it. Hey. Anyway. So what I'm saying is we can change them if we want to. What? We can shut down all the business and divert resources to keeping people safe at home until this is over. Dude, that's a trip. Shut the fuck (laughs) up, you goddamn hippies. Oh, dude, you're harsh my buzz, bro. Yeah, I'm going to harsh your buzz some more. Listen, I'm sure the fact that one of Ken Buck's largest contributors, the Raytheon Company, a war machine who arguably couldn't could go under if the world becomes more stable as it unites to fight an enemy that has no political agenda, uh, especially not a capitalistic one, that's for sure. It just wants to kill and reproduce. That's all. That's uh, all. That's all virus I hear that. do. I feel that. So uh, <laughs> this this is Don't our, we all, you know? this is our Colorado, Colorado representative, Ken Buck. And yeah, one of his biggest contributors is a company that kills people for a living. Check on your Colorado friends. We are we are not okay. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Moving on. Let's just like do a Scooby Doo exit there. Into better things. So Chris, do you want to remind the folks and uh, maybe old Kenny B about some plague symptoms, not COVID symptoms? But uh, just some more gruesome ones. Uh, Kenny doesn't care about facts and neither do plagues, so I, g- I guess it's fine. Okay. Good. Kenny. Kenny. Kenny, listen. Kenny Buck. God, Kenny I, Buck. I just, I cannot, I cannot get the... <laughs> Buck, yeah! No, it's, uh, you know, from um, Kill Bill. My name's Buck, and I like to fuck. You know the pussy wagon, right? With your health care, apparently. It's great, yeah. yeah. I kind of just, I, that's what I'm imagining Ken Buck to be like. Like, every time he meets somebody, that's what he says. Do you want to see a picture? Yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Sure. So. Well, I guess I, I guess I could just look him up real quick. Yeah, just Google Colorado Ken Buck. Colorado Ken Buck, who likes to fuck. Um, I can neither see that here nor there. To be honest. Oh, yeah, that guy doesn't look like he fucks. <laughs> no, oh, he, come on, uh, no. I mean, like, I guess to his wife. You think Ken Buck can can buck? It's in the name. I don't know, man. He's got a. No. Huh. Oh. Um, I think the word you're looking for is mayo sapien. You know how some people have those faces where they don't change their expressions, like even though like they'll smile or look serious. You know, like their face never is like emotive or expressive. Really, it just kind of stays the same even when. Oh, this is fun. This is from Colorado Polis. 
Uh, it's just Ken Buck posing with an illegal assault weapon. But That's nice. Isn't that the kind of thing? Like, like his face doesn't like change much. You I... don't think the illegal assault weapon makes him seem like he can fuck more? No. I feel like he thinks it does. Look at his face. Okay. His face look, doesn't look change. I know. I, Sorry, I, I, I have things, I have but look at his picture. His, his face, his eyes don't change. That's like fucking creepy. <laughs> it is kind of weird you know? how his eyes it's don't change. It's like he smiles or frowns or just like looks serious or, you know, or looks lighthearted. But it's like. The weird part is he does like look more human holding the gun than upper he does half of his photos. fucking head doesn't change. Here's it's a nice like very, one of him standing behind a Trump Pence sign. Cool. His eyes look just as dead as you described. Well, anyway, so you want a, another story here? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's get, okay. get more plagues, less bucking around. All right. So this is the, well, I had mentioned that the first, like, recorded of what we would call the bubonic plague was in the 6th century in um, Constantinople. So this is the plague of Justinian. Mm-hmm, 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 yes. <laughs> sorry, we can't afford the words. <laughs> Why they change it, I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> it's called copyright. That's why they changed <laughs> no, it's like it's, we can't say. <laughs> so, so go, on. go on. In 541 CE, what we know of today as the bubonic plague first shows up in Constantinople during the reign of Emperor Justinian I. The bu- the Justinian. <laughs> Justinian. You sound like such a douche. So the bubonic plague. Will be here. Actually, it's known for that bacteria. Uh, it's uh, Yersinia pesti. I think that's the bacteria. Oh. That we- well, it's like kind of like you've seen the pasty. Not a good sauce. Uh, claimed around twenty-five to fifty million <laughs> lives. <laughs> Dude, the 20, bubonic okay, sauce. Twenty-five Ew. to fifty Ew. million lives in just a year or two. That's yeah. That's apocalypse. That's crazy, right? That seems way more apocalypse than now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty nice. So uh, Procopius uh, writes about the symptoms in his work, Histories of the Wars, and I quote: "They saw a vision and a dream." and seemed to suffer the very same thing at the hands of the creature who stood over them. <laughs> or else to hear a voice foretelling to them that they were written down in the number of those who were to die. But well, with the majority, go. it came about that they were seized by the disease without becoming aware of what was coming either through a waking vision or a dream. And they were taken in the following manner. They had a sudden fever, someone just roused from sleep, others while walking about, and others while otherwise engaged. <laughs> You gotta love that. <laughs> without any <laughs> without any regard to what they were doing. And the body showed no change from its previous color, nor was it hot as might be expected when attacked by fever, nor indeed did any inflammation set in. But the fever was of such a language sort, from its commencement and up till the evening, that neither to the sick themselves nor to a physician who touched them would it afford any suspicion of danger. It was neutral. Therefore, that not one of those who had contracted the disease expected to die from it. But on the same day, in some cases, in others... That doesn't on the... sound like foreshadowing at all. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're fine. <laughs> but on the same day, in some cases, in others on the following day, and in the rest, not many days after, a bubonic swelling developed. And this took place not only in the particular part of the body, which is called bubon, that is bubon. below the abdomen, but also inside the armpit, and in some cases also beside the ears, and at different points on the thighs. Up to this point, Mm. then, everything went in about the same way with all who had taken the disease. But from then on, very marked differences developed. And I am unable to say whether the the cause of this diversity of symptoms was to be found in the difference in bodies, or in the fact that it followed the wish of him who had brought the disease into the world. 
for there ensued with some a deep coma, and others a violent delirium, and in either case they suffered the characteristic symptoms of the disease. For those who were under the spell of the coma forgot all those who were familiar to them and seemed to lie sleeping constantly. And if everyone cared for them, they would eat without waking, but some also were neglected, and these would die directly through lack of sustenance. But those who were seized with delirium suffered from insomnia and were victims of distorted imagination, for they suspected that men were coming upon them to destroy them, and they would become excited and rush off in flight, crying out at the top of their voices. And those who were attending them were in hey. a state. <laughs> hey. 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 <laughs> and those who were attending them were in a state of constant exhaustion, and had a most difficult time of it throughout. For this reason, everybody pitied them no less than the sufferers, not because they were threatened by the pestilence in going uh, in going near it. For neither physicians nor other persons were found to contract this malady through the contact with the sick or with the dead. For many who were constantly um, engaged either in burying or in attending, those in no way connected with them held out in the performance of the service beyond all expectation. While with many others, the disease came on without warning and they died straight away. But they pitied them because of the great hardships that they were undergoing. For when the patients fell from their beds and lay rolling upon the floor, they kept putting them back in place. And when, no they were life alert. <laughs> and when they were struggling to rush headlong out of their houses, they would force them back by shoving or pulling against them. And when the water chanced to be near, they wished to fall into it, not so much because of the desire for drink, for most of them had rushed into the sea. Um, but the cause was to be found chiefly in the diseased state of their minds. They, ha they had also great difficulty in the matter of eating, for they could not easily take food. And many perished through lack of any man to care for them, for they were either overcome by hunger or threw themselves down from a height. Wow. Yeah. And in those cases where neither coma nor delirium came on, the bubonic swelling became mortified and the sufferer, no longer able to endure the pain, died. And no one would suppose that in all cases the same would have been true. But since they were not all in their senses, some were quite unable to feel the pain. For owing to the troubled condition of their minds, they lost all sense of feeling. Whoa. So in the end, it also like didn't just physically make them sick, but affected their mental processes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, some of them uh, they actually threw themselves went crazy, in the sea. Yeah. Well, and you know what's really interesting about that quote is that um, he puts an emphasis on the caretakers. He says, even though everybody felt very sorrowful, you know, like very sorrowful for the people who were dying, people almost felt more sad for those taking care of the sick because not I mean, only Jesus, were they working so hard and were so exhausted, you know, and also putting themselves on the line, you know, making themselves vulnerable to the disease. But, you know, he just like people kind of really pitied them too because they were, you know, I mean, just putting themselves out there every day and just and having to deal with all these, you know, really sick, deteriorating in both mind and body. Yeah, um, victims, brings us forward. Know. Modern yeah. times feel just as dependent on our healthcare workers. Yeah, and kind of feel bad for them right now. Like I hope they all have enough toilet it's, paper. Yeah, well, it's funny because I got, I got sick, you know, and because um, you know Mary's Mary Sue's in the house, you know, over sixty. Um, you know, I just went and got tested because I was sick. Because I was just like, just in case, I'm I'm worried about her. Not really much about myself. I'm young. You know, I'll be fine. Um, but the doctors, you know, they were like, well, sorry, you have to go through this. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm sorry for you guys. It must be crazy Pain for you right now. Pain in the ass, yeah, yeah. it must be really, really bad. I mean, just really stressful. Yeah, because you, know? you have... 
people freaking out and flailing at you, I'm sure. You know, and they're just scared. But I'm sure that makes them such assholes. Yeah, yeah. And I guess you, you know, working in it, you kind of... Um, yeah, it's part of the job. Yeah, I, I just want to yeah. say thank you. No, I, I do too, man. If you're I, listening and you're a healthcare worker, my yeah. God, thank you. There's, yeah, it's, man, it's it's a huge thing. And, and they were already short-handed, you know, mm-hmm. like the, the medical field and it's just yeah that's one of those things that i feel like everyone should be prepared for you know they talk about how everyone should have to do a a year or two of military service or something like that no fuck that health (laughs) care you you gotta bandage people and actually give a shit yeah yeah i mean honestly like learning like getting young kids or you know ever to learn at least some medical skills you know like like if it's like how we have to learn the heimlich heimlich maneuver you know Maybe doing just basic, yeah. you know, some basic stuff. More like, basic, yeah. I mean, all if, if you need education. to, yeah, yeah. I'm man. sorry, Chris. Are you talking about socialism? You get, you get no. the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just thought it was really interesting, though, that he really points out the plight of the of medic of caregivers. You know, of, of medical doctors, physicians, anybody who does in home care or does care of people. Um, yeah, I just it's it's very poignant. Right now, you know, yeah, especially with like our population and the low number of people who work within the medical medical community. Mm-hmm. Like to shout out to to my high school friend Lindsay, who is an EMT. The last I knew, but I know she works in the healthcare field, and you don't have you you can't come by a sweeter sweeter pair of eyes or a sweeter pair of tits. Then Lindsay Mayhair. What's up, girl? I bet she appreciates that. She, she will. She will. <laughs> Tell us about that plague in Italy. Oh, yeah. So I guess this will be the last one, right? <laughs> this so this is kind of like what kicks off the plague, like as we kind of know it, like what would ravage all through Europe during during the 14th century, basically. Again, so, we're not saying this. We're not talking about Italy and all and making those comparisons to scare you. It's just well, yeah. at this point, it's... Italy does they they actually just have, a coincidence. They have really bad luck because you know you had you have the plague in Italy, um, you know you have what's happening today, um, but then you also had a plague that hit Rome um, a few times and actually was kind of one of the contributing factors to the fall of the Western Roman Empire. Okay, maybe not, that not part, not maybe the it's not the cause, part. but it didn't help things. Shit. You know, <laughs> so uh, yeah, plague of Italy. So the Black Death came to Italy in 1348 and lasted 12 years, more or less. It was hit hard, and it was said that roughly 50% of the people died. In Florence, for instance, the city had around 300,000 people in 1338, but by 1427, the population had dwindled to 104,000. In Bologna, there was 50,000 in 1300. By 1350, there were 20,000. So, I mean, it's wiping out more than half of the population in, in these cities. Wow. Yeah, crazy. So uh, here is an account by uh, Boccaccio, um, and here's him kind of talking about the burials as to kind of leave us uh, for imagery of what... Bring real, out your dead! Well, I mean, like, what a real awful pandemic is. Okay. Quote, It was the common practice of most of the neighbors, moved no less by fear of contamination by the putrefying bodies then by charity towards the deceased, to drag the corpses out of the houses with their own hands, aided perhaps by a porter, if a porter was to be had, and to lay them in front of the doors where anyone who made the round might have seen, especially in the morning, 
more of them than he could count. Afterwards, they would have beers brought up or in default, planks, whereupon they lay them. So they lay them on planks. Nor was it once, twice only that one and the same beer carried two or three corpses at once. But quite a considerable number of such cases occurred, where one beer sufficing for a husband and a wife, two or three, uh, two or three brothers, father and son, and so forth. In times without number it happened that as two priests bearing the cross were on their way to perform the last office for someone, three or four beers were brought up by the porters in the rear of them, so that whereas the priests supposed they had uh, but one corpse to bury, they discovered that there were six or eight, or sometimes more. Nor, for all their number, were their obsequies, honored by either tears or light, lights or crowds of mourners, rather. It was come to this, that a dead man was then of no more account than a dead goat would be today. Wow. Just the sheer population. It's just so many you just can't fucking, like... Wow. Yeah, it's like, when you know, it's like, because we're all so concerned about, like, individual burial and, like, you know, kind of having that honor, you know, like... And it's just like when you have people dying in, in these amounts of numbers this quickly, I mean, individual burials are really hard to do, especially like when a disease is just ravaging a community. Ravaging, yeah. I mean, you can't really spend a ton of time having the pops and, pop and stance of like a good burial. Wow. Or if you're too poor, you know, yeah. or like it really hits these poor. poor communities really hard because, you know, they, they always live pretty squashed together in mm-hmm. these like... Old. That'd be crazy. Imagine people like your family dying so fast you can't pay to bury them. Uh, really common occurrence. Wow. Yeah. Super. So common. see, America, it's not that bad. Just stay the fuck inside <laughs> and wash your goddamn hands. Probably write your idiot idiot congressman a letter demanding sick sick leave, health care, free online college, and probably his resignation. Viva la revolution. Anyway, however, as I said before, there is some good news in the spaces most quarantined. The space is locked down the hardest. The air is becoming clearer. The water less churned and trashed. The wildlife is returning. So China's been on lockdown since January 23rd. And in February, something amazing was discovered. According Mulan. To- the remains of Mulan. Get out of here. Okay. According to CNN, the number of good quality air days jumped. in comparison to last year. Quote, satellite images released by NASA and the European Space Agency show a dramatic reduction in nitrogen dioxide emissions. Those released by vehicles, power plants, and industrial facilities. In major Chinese cities between January and February, the visible cloud of toxic gas hanging over industrial powerhouses almost disappeared quote within a quote (laughs) this is the first time i have seen such a dramatic drop-off over such a wide area for a specific event says fei lu an air quality researcher at nasa's goddard space flight center i am not surprised because many cities nationwide have taken measures to minimize the spread of the virus where's this uh where's this uh, quote from uh, sorry, the CNN. Oh, okay. CNN. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So here in Denver, uh, the few that have been out say it's nice to drive uh, with less traffic, obviously. And we will also experience the benefit to our air quality that many people, you know, like this many people staying home for this long will have. We tend not to want to let 
people rest, right? Because we're, we're very capitalism driven. But it really seems like taking certain breaks could help us cut emissions. There will also be undoubted, like undoubtedly be health benefits of letting people rest and easing the desperation of hustle for money, which is for a lot of us every day we wake up and think, you know, I, I, I got to go to work. I got to, you know, make this amount of money so that I can go on to do this thing. Like uh, there's a lot of us nickel and diming every paycheck to make sure that we make ends meet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Probably more of us than our founding fathers wanted, what, 300 <laughs> years later, something like that. Anyway, we tend not to want to let people rest, even though it seems like that's like the best thing we could do right now. But USA Today also had an article quoting Stanford University's Marshall Burke, determined that, quote, reductions in air pollution in China caused by this economic disruption likely save 20 times more lives in China than have currently been lost due to infection with the virus in that country. And what they're talking about is air pollution ca- like causes death. It's a bit like, pollution kills people. Yeah, but no, because yeah. it feel, kills people slowly, it's not taken as seriously as like gun control, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well it's like it's also like people getting cancers from like what's in certain products yeah you know, it's, it's it's like this long game that happens and mm-hmm. and then you need like how many scientific studies did it take before like tobacco companies had to admit tobacco causes can tobacco mm-hmm. smoking causes yeah. cancer or or how long before oil companies well, had to admit that they're still trying to not admit that they cause climate and that's change, like the, and, and we're all like, dude. And that's bruh, always the super fucked up thing is you know you have like this capitalist system where these, you know, comp- sorry about that clink my fucking <laughs> glass and sip but, like Kermit. Know, okay, but you know, so you have an American capitalist system where you know like these companies, um, you know, make all this money off these things. And they're like, we can't just give away health care. But at the same time, it's like, well, no, but you're just letting these companies that are like contributing to the health of Americans in in their need for help because of these companies, like what's in their products. And you're just not going to fucking do anything about it. You're just going to let them run rampant. But it's like, you know, it's like, sorry, free, you know, uh, you know, oh, yeah, that, free will there, or whatever. But... You just can't, you know, it's like, well, then it has to be one or the other. Either give people universal health care. Or fucking tighten up on these goddamn companies who are creating these, you know, like these circumstances or these products that are complicating the health of like everyday Americans. Mm-hmm. That's the fucking. It I'm just, sorry. Uh, are you saying that corporations are people who should be held responsible <laughs> for shit? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, call me. Can we get Mitt Romney on the show? That call cool. me crazy. You know, just call me. Uh, call me a oops. wild out there progressive. But uh, <laughs> it seems like. Yeah, maybe the problem you caused, you should have to clean up. Does yeah, that, exactly. Does it's that like, sound unreasonable? <laughs> yeah, it's like you make... Yeah. What? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, can we, get, can we get the pillows to scream in? We need pillows to scream in. <laughs> so now U.S. journalists have done a lot of comparison between situations here becoming like Italy. If that's so, yes, it'll be scary. I personally fear... Uh, this opening the door to Trump or other conservative officials getting to do all the dumb dictator nonsense that they've been trying to do this whole time. Uh, there's been there's been a great deal of bureaucracy that stopped 
a lot of this from happening. It doesn't stop the hype, the media sensation. It doesn't stop lone wolves, domestic terrorists from taking action. But it does stop him personally from becoming the, the like American idol dictator that he wants to be. And, you know, who knows what the fuck he'll do. He could declare our, our new capital Margo Lager. You mean Mar-a-Lago? Mar-a-Lagoon? Margo Martindale. Marlene. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, this is good news. Wait, what are you talking about? Is he, I'm Mar- talking, talking about Venice. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Venice. Because of the sheer, utter lack of human activities... The water is no longer churned up by boats, but rather clear as a summer sky, blue and breathtaking. Locals marveled and and posted pictures, not just because the waters were blue for the first time in a generation, but also because dolphins started appearing closer to Italian shores and eventually showed up in the canal to say hello. How magical is that? Pretty magical. It's pretty magical. I can't think of anything more magical than a dolphin showing up. So I mean, I'm from Florida, so it's just kind of like, meh. Magic every day? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Isn't that where the magic lands exist? It's magic where magic shouldn't be in Florida. Wow. That's poignant. That's really poignant. <laughs> I mean, okay. sh- shout out to all my Florida fam. <laughs> What's up, Flo Riders? Oh, fam. <laughs> Anyway, so people were stoked about dolphins showing up, and of course, why? Like, why wouldn't you be? It's been sixty years since dolphins Hell have been yeah, seen dude, in the canal. Fucking cool, man. Yeah, I loved this story. I got, I got teary. I got misty about this. I was just like, wow, we accidentally figured out how to fix things, and like, I had to have a good, like, a hopeful cry. You know, it's been a while since a hopeful. Cry. Sure, yeah. I haven't been this hopeful since Voldemort's election in 2016. It just, it turns out if we don't throw everything we have every day at the capitalist machine, if we don't constantly increase shareholder profits, if we invest in the health of our people and stop nickel and dime in the working class on every little fucking thing, wow, shit gets better. Who knew? Oh, wait. Sanders. Sorry, that's my only Sanders endorsement. Yeah. Sanders fucking knew. Like you said earlier, he seems like a prophet at this point. So we're coming to the end here. So I'm going to reiterate, listeners, what is unaffordable? Healthcare in college for all? Alleviating student debt? Taking care of veterans and the elderly? Changing our current haphazard constructed systems to sustainable, well-thought-out ones? Turns out this is all affordable. And if we don't want to go completely under, we have to figure out how to have these things keep going from home. Automation will be huge, I'd bet. And all of a sudden, jobs that were supposed to be unable to be remotely done are now doable remotely. And as many disabled people will tell you, that is one of their everyday lives. Now it'll become the norm. We've been dealing with the constant bullshit retorts of, Who's going to pay for it? And it's unaffordable for decades. And now, I I don't even have to write this shit that the news is writing it for me. We've all been exposed to the lie. We absolutely can have all of those things and should stand for nothing less. Or what? Some shareholders don't increase their profits? Ah! 
all I'm saying is this seems really petty. And I think I'm not the only one who thinks, fuck this noise. Like, let's go to space. Fuck yeah. Space Force. <laughs> no. No, that's that's my least favorite part about Space Force is that he had anything to do with it. Like, I'm glad we're doing it well, finally, you know, but why? Sometimes, it, sometimes you need the imagination of a child to really affect change. <laughs> Thank you. You know what? Little Donnie's dream of going to someday being a little Donnie Foo Foo went went bopping through the space clouds. Yeah, sometimes. Okay. You you know, was was that through the mouths of babes? Ew. (laughs) Sorry. So not a babe. I didn't mean that to be like an Epstein thing. Oh, sorry. Uh, Yeah. Who didn't kill himself? Let's all just remember that for a second. It's 2020. It's not been that long. Did not even kill himself. And as I'd like to point out in every podcast I ever do, ever. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was all. It's, it's very, very interesting. Um, you know, I, I think it's like, I think the point seems to be, your point seems to be, you know, we're, we're always told these things are not affordable. Um, but we're starting to see that, you know, in the time of crisis, that all those things are very affordable. And, you know, also like we're being... We're basically paying for things that we don't need to be paying for. Yeah, you know? it makes me think of that Winston Churchill. I think it was Winston Churchill quote about uh, America: "Do the right thing eventually." Sure, yeah. and it's just so very true of us. <laughs> like we'll get there at our own time. Don't push us. We do what we want. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, yeah. No. No. I totally. Um, yeah. I just think it was. I mean, I can't remember what I was listening to, but it was something about like. Uh, T- uh, AT&T or something where they were waiving these like data um, charges and stuff. Um, man, I wish I could remember exactly what it's. Anyway, so they're like, oh, because of the epidemic, we're going to waive these like data, roaming data charges. And it's like, so you could have done that the whole fucking yeah, time. Yeah, ex- exactly. That was exactly the point. It was like, you, like, turns out this is a bullshit fee you just capitalize on. You're basically, we're just paying for something that we already Chris, have. Chris, are you saying this is all made up? You're paying more for something you already have. It's crazy. You're yeah. saying these companies just make up fees well, whenever mean, they want to charge I, you more money? But that might be a good thing is because, you know, uh, from <sighs> from this, like, from this thing, you know, from the pandemic and, and sort of this, this turmoil that we're finding ourselves in. Um, we're starting to see like these cracks and these things are becoming like kind of coming, actually yeah. coming out, mm-hmm. you know, like they were always there, but buried under a bunch of like contracts and terms and conditions. Mm-hmm. This you know, is like, Fern Gully. Yeah. The blackness is oozing. Toxic lung. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What a great episode. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for uh, having me on. I'm glad. I hope. Thanks the... for being stuck in the studio with me. No, I hope uh, we I... haven't burned anything. There are no dumpster fires <laughs> as of yet. Um, we are, have started making our Mad Max uniforms. I mean, we've thought about them at least. I have a costume box that I am just like so stoked to get open. You know, in a few days, people start burning shit. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if they riot over football, what's going to happen in a week? I don't know. People might be too afraid to touch each other to riot. Who knows? Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm so glad I have a bidet. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Very nice. Yeah, I, I hope. Uh, <laughs> I hope the plague uh, bits were interesting. You know. Um, yeah. It's always nice to keep in mind that this is not the first time humanity has faced, you know, overwhelming odds, and you know, or or just something a huge, 
epidemic like this. And yeah. this definitely probably won't be the last time we do. Yeah, uh, practice we'll common through. sense. Yeah, yeah. Listen to the scientists. Mm-hmm. Don't hoard toilet paper. Yeah, I mean, there's like the that was the problem with like ancient times. You know, they were just like whatever to do to get away with the symptoms. I'm gonna throw myself into the drinking fountain. Yeah, don't don't throw yourself <laughs> you know? into the drinking yeah. fountain. It's crazy if you yeah. think you have COVID <laughs> for for the love of of f- fuck fuck <laughs> for the love of everything. Please don't do that. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know if you have any. So you can find me. So I'm gonna on... put my producer pants on. Yeah, he's gonna <clears throat> remind me when to do things. Um, because I'll just sit here and rant. Anyway, uh, you can find me at on Instagram at dog hair sweater. It's my art page, and you can find our our. Sorry, I'm from the Midwest. I said our. You can find our podcast page on Instagram everyday underscore lies. And you can find me on Twitter, though I will not argue with you, uh, at Fuck You, I'm Funny. And you can find Chris at... So you can find me at ChristopherWeber13V on Instagram. Um, I do not have a Twitter. Um, You can find me at ChristopherWeber on Facebook, but I wouldn't check Facebook because I don't go on it. And the more important thing is you can find my podcast, Under the Pendulum Podcast, at Under Pendulum Podcast on Instagram. Uh, under the pendulum podcast on facebook um i think it's pendulum underscore podcast on twitter and then you can also find our show on spotify itunes stitcher soundcloud uh podbean um all by searching under the pendulum podcast under the pendulum podcast and we'll actually be having a new episode coming out um and it'll be a bunch of ghost stories and a little bit of dark history about the oldest city in america Ooh, ooh! It's get... not Plymouth Rock, you fucking assholes! I'm just <laughs> it's not Plymouth Rock. <laughs> well, you know, honestly, I'm glad. So, what you mean by the oldest city in America? Obviously, being like the oldest colonial city in America. Yeah, the oldest European colonized city in uh, like what is now America, North yeah. America. Can you can you give us any any sexy tidbits about where that might be located? Saint just... Augustine, Florida. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Yep, settled as a city, I believe, in the 1500s. That, wow. So that's like older than all the all the things of America that aren't Native American. Pretty much. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was the Spanish. Nice. Yep. Nice. So yeah. (laughs) So, thank you for joining us for Everyday Lies, show about the dumbest and most terrible things people actually believe in. And right now, it's that apparently toilet paper is worth more than gold. We love you all. Stay safe. Stay at home. Bye.